Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. I'm Kelly. And I'm Tiffany. Here we are on the podcast once again. Here we are. I enjoy being here. It must be Monday morning. It must be. We never, ever, ever in our entire lives have recorded an episode on Monday itself. No. Monday's not a good day for me. Not, no, and we try to not have our kids around when we record. Try to be focused. Nope. I can enjoy content on Monday, so the listeners are in the money on their end. Yes, and actually, I do consume a good amount of stuff on Monday. Yeah, I was just having a argument slash discussion with my kids the other day about does the week start on Sunday or Monday? starts on Sunday. Of course it does. Yes. Thank you. I was like, oh man, this might be a, a rift between us. No, no, no. Sunday is the first day of the week. Yes. Yes. But it's the last day of the weekend. I And I understand the stuff really starts up on Monday. Yep. I can understand how a kid would be like, the week clearly starts on Monday because the day I have to start doing something. Yep. Uh-huh. And we work through it. I'm proud of you. Thank you. It must have been tough. <laughs> I was like, uh, homeschool? Do we got to get out the weather chart in the calendar and the my feelings page again? Let's look outside. What does the weather look like, kid? Which is perfectly acceptable if you have three-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> Not 13-year-olds. <laughs> Who don't know what day of the week <laughs> the week starts on. We're doing great. Many, 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 many holes in our education. No matter where your children receive an education, you're, you're, you're exchanging something for something else. That is true. Okay, so one of the things that I wanted to chat about in this episode in particular, unfortunately, these end up getting recorded a couple of weeks before they launch. Yes. Or go live. You sent out an email at the same time that I was writing the notes to this episode about this whole thing with Thinks. It was really frustrating to me because they're a really solid, or they have been a really solid brand, sort of a pioneer in period underwear, and very clear and what seemed to be very authentic in their marketing and testing of their products, saying that they were free of a bunch of stuff and unfortunately it's come to light that that was not completely true whether that was their fault and they knowingly did that i don't know but i think at some point if you're that big of a conflict you have to have better quality control there so and and their their pr around the lawsuit was not forthcoming and desiring to like reconcile with the public outside of the massive payout which is really frustrating so this company got kind of thrown i was gonna say under the bus they put themselves under the bus they Uh, laid down in the middle of a bus terminal (laughs) (laughs) because they were not forthcoming with what was actually in their product it came to light that they have things that are in their period underwear that are very well known to be endocrine disruptors and something known as forever chemicals, meaning 
it can get from the underwear into your body and leach into places are stinking hard to get rid of. Yeah, and and it's not it's not just endocrine disruption that yeah. is the problem. It can do it can do everything from like disturb the pH in your vagina to so like cancer. Yes. Like mood disorders. Yeah. Women who are exposed to some of these chemicals report fertility issues, problems getting pregnant. Other things that are linked to the to PFAs, which is the this type of chemical, are irregular menstrual cycles, which we're going to talk about today, UTIs, yeast. The list goes on and on. It is unfortunate. And in sending out my weekly kind of newsletter, I put that out there to say, like, this is a product that we once were like, yeah, this is a great option. It's like you're looking at your choices and to be like, well, got to we also have to be vulnerable and honest in our like, oh, actually, we got kind of pulled into some some of their PR and their whatever was potentially untrue. Okay, but we will not leave you hanging. No, and that's the other thing, right? We do the best we can with the information that we have. And now you have this information. And if you're like putting on your period underwear and you're like, dang it, I just got 10 things underwears, right? There are other options for you. Yeah, I mean, including, I think you can get in on the lawsuit payout, yeah? Yeah, I bought mine, and like, not recent enough. Yeah. Likewise. So, one of the cool things that has come out of this dirty underwear situation, and not dirty period, but dirty business, dirty chemicals, is that other companies who have been third-party testing and really transparent about what they do to quality control their ingredients and the sources and where it comes from and the production and where they're stored and to be sure that they're that they're not allowing this to get into their product they get to rise to the surface and this big uh, monopoly on period underwear is kind of scooting out so that these other companies can move forward and go uh I, we've been trying to tell you guys this whole time that we have we have been testing in this area and i'm going to vouch for one of these companies that got thrown into some of the research in okay what do you do if you're getting rid of your things where what are some other brands that you'd like to utilize the period company was brought to my attention through a friend of mine who got really interested in all of the information coming out of the lawsuit and the thing that i absolutely love about this company in particular is not only are they clean and 100 percent free from pfas and independently tested and 95 percent organic the average price for these underwear are 12 to 14 dollars which is mind-blowing because i i mean i would only buy sales but like that quarter or a third or something of what other some other companies have sold it for yes i would say the the majority of the period underwear market is up in like the 30 40 dollars a pair and i'm thinking i'm bleeding into this every single month like i want something that's going to hold i will invest in it yes and we always as a culture equate value with price and in this case it's just not necessarily the case so I will be trying out the period company's underwear. I will report back. One of the other things that I really like is they have their heavy flow period 
brief that hold 10 tampons. That's wild. That is absorbent. I hope that there's no one out there who requires any amount of time where they need to have 10 tampons of coverage in one day. But there is. There's women out there who have really heavy bleeding or a lot of bleeding on one particular day and just want the assurance of coverage. So there is a there is an underwear out there that holds 10 tampons worth of menstrual fluid in it. That is incredible. I see here. So I haven't researched the period company. Now my like interest is peaked because I'm like, I need to clearly get a whole new stock of period underwear. But that you can swim in it? Or they, they have they, swim versions? They have swim bottoms. Oh, that's cool. Swim bottoms that you can, which of course is a newly navigate, navigating, navigatable thing in my home because I'm a preteen who's like, what do I do when I'm on my period and go and I need to yeah, swim? I need to. I need, to, need swim. to swim. Mom. So we've been working through some of those options, but the idea of period swim bottoms, amazing. They also have this pair that's called adaptive. And it's, it's the coolest thing. When I first thought I was like, something is really wrong here. I don't know if I can recommend this company. But then I was looking at it more and I was like, no, this is actually really legit. It has Velcro on the front of it so that you can take it off completely without dragging it down your legs. So if you're somewhere where you don't want to take your take your your shoes and pants off just to change your period underwear, like at school or work or Disneyland or whatever, right? Then you can take your period underwear, put that in a wet bag, get your new pair and put it on yourself without getting naked in a bathroom stall. They're really thinking of everything here. Genius. Sometimes when I see companies do this, I'm like, I could have thought of that, but I couldn't have. I'm like, I wish I did. Maybe is more of a thing. Yeah, I wish I did too. We wouldn't have to be sitting here podcasting every single week if we'd thought of the adaptive underwear. Kelly took adaptive underwear creators. How many episodes can you do on that? (laughs) Okay, and the other great thing is that they're on Amazon. So with your Prime, you can get free shipping. You're welcome to go to theperiodcompany.com or whatever and shop on their website they have some great information about their products but i will put a link in for the amazon amazon link so that people can just you know click and go i'm gonna click and go thanks for sharing this you're my click and go girl that's they call me okay so there's so many reasons that your cycle can be off as we dive into irregular periods most women like they truly just do not have the tools or the knowledge to dial down this important aspect of tracking irregular cycles. And potentially, maybe they don't even fully understand the depth of irregularity in their cycles. We see that a lot, I feel like, in well-woman appointments and just chatting with clients of them not even realizing, oh, this particular thing that is so common for me is actually not quite right. Or they recognize, oh, I think some of their friends don't have this thing, but like, no, it's just my quirky little thing. And actually kind of a a health sign flashing as they're speaking. I'm like, oh, this is actually a pretty big red flag that you're describing. But you had no idea that it actually really was and what it can actually mean to the rest of your body or what your body's trying to tell you through it. Yes, someone who has irregular periods, that is not just your normal for you. 
not just the way that you experience your period. It's kind of weird, but it's always been that way. That is a major sign of what is going on in your body and absolutely worth dialing in on. So let's talk about that a little bit today, beginning with the three objective signs of fertility. In episode 43, I'll link in the show notes, we did an entire like signs of fertility episode. And so you can go listen to us talk about all the things that you can notice when you're fertile. People believe for the most part that the biggest marker in the cycle is the period. You have the actual bleeding. You can't miss it. Nope. It does not. Unless you're pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then you're so happy to be missing it. (laughs) And so ovulation really is the key inside the cycle. Menstruation only tells us that it's the beginning of your cycle. And I think a lot of women kind of assume that their cycle ending with their period and Mm -hmm. then they're starting over again but your cycle is beginning with your period and your period is completely ruled by how and when and to what degree you ovulated and I think the concept of degrees of ovulation or ovulatory activity blows people's minds it's not black and white it's not did you ovulate or did you not necessarily sometimes there's little pieces inside of that it becomes a spectrum yeah for sure and it is because you see like oh yeah yeah i'm having my period so here it is thinking back a couple weeks ago not even realizing that you were having these signs that were either totally normal or completely not normal like we've had people come in who were like and you know in like the middle of my cycle and like keeled over in pain for like a half a day i think that's what you know when i ovulate and that's just you know how ovulation is no that's not how ovulation is but at least you're aware that that is like a thing that is happening within your body i remember learning about ovulation in high school and not ever realizing before i think it was like towards the end of high school too so i had my period for a few years not realizing what was going on with all of this mucus that i would have some point during the month and not realizing like that actually meant something it wasn't just like oh there's something there today or there's not really today and actually understanding which i didn't fully understand until years later even what those signs of ovulation actually are and what they mean once i figured that out i was like oh i feel like i can really be actually in control of my fertility and my awareness of what's going on in my body yeah, and I think a lot of women assume that you really have to dial down signs of ovulation and you kind of try to pay attention before, but you didn't really notice anything and it just was too out there. You couldn't hone it in and so you just kind of gave up. Uh-huh. But I say three objective signs of fertility because objective is like it is notable. You yes. can, anyone could help you discover the objective signs of fertility, which would be, you mentioned, number one, cervical mucus. Yeah, changes in texture, consistency throughout the month. Yep. And if you are having such little change in your cervical mucus around ovulation that it seems almost undetectable, that would be another red flag, uh-huh. right? Number two is doing basal body temperatures. Yeah. And that can, that one for me was like a hard one to get like through the hump of of like it just seemed like oh man I have to like put effort into this thing I'm like oh I can kind of check my mucus 
whatever, but actually checking your basal body temperature first thing in the morning and not just with like a regular thermometer, but actual basal body temperature thermometer. They have tons of apps kind of like tech for this now, but a simple thermometer also can work. Can And as you're charting, it's very, it's not like multiple degrees, right? It's very subtle. But once you start seeing it and witness, oh, this is following this particular thing that I'm following online or see how these temperatures are actually changing. It becomes like a little science experiment that's actually kind of fun and can either show you like, yes, this is happening or like, huh, what's going on this month? Yeah. And remember, like we're we're expecting this this fertility window to be essentially like three to five days long. And so we're not we're not needing to ascertain every single piece of this every single day. It's like, oh, you recognize as that ovulation might be coming. You're looking out for signs of it. And then those pieces stop and you're like, okay, well, now I've got I've got this piece locked in. Women menstruate 14 days, give or take a day after peak ovulation. So if your hormones rose enough to actually send an egg out from an ovary, you will experience your menstruation two weeks after that. Uh So when you start your period, you can count back. Two weeks ago was when I was ovulating. Okay, well, that was on day whatever. This upcoming cycle, I'm going to start paying attention around this time and start collecting that information. That's what's so helpful about charting in general is you can also look back. You know, like you can gather the information in in real time, but then you also have the ability to look back and be like, what's that? Or what was that last month? It's like this, this month. What kind of, I don't know, symptoms are you seeing? Which is so important. Yeah. So important. The third and final objective sign of fertility that I'm going to share today, this is going to freak people out a little bit, your cervical position. Not really realizing that you ladies have the ability to actually feel your own cervix. It's not something special. It's not like a special thing that they like somehow bestow upon you in midwifery school. You now have the ability to put your fingers in somebody's vagina and feel a cervix. You can feel your own, but the actual act of doing so can be a little, I guess, daunting or intimidating or something at first, but really is such a helpful piece to figure out where is your cervix actually because it will move it, it like migrates around in there throughout the month and that's a huge sign of health and wellness to witness the fact that it does move around i've seen a couple different websites that put together like photos of people's cervixes <laughs> so maybe that sounds kind of weird to you it sounds very normal to me throughout the month and that was actually really helpful to me to understand as i was learning more about this of what the cervix actually does and how smart it is to figure out where do I need to be when I'm ovulating so I can encourage semen to come on through. Where do I need to be around period to open up, allow that to happen? Yeah, the cervix gets higher and softer and more open. And you can actually, unfortunately, only note those changes if you know what it feels like before and after those changes happen, right? You you can't just stick your fingers in one day and say, this seems a little more open than 
ever I've felt, maybe, potentially. And that's the, that is a helpful one to witness throughout the month, I think. So this is way to gather actual data about what's happening in your body. Then there's a couple of subjective signs. So something that is, is not as clear but can kind of point the way. Yeah, absolutely. My, well, I have two probably where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of like reminds me like, oh, yeah, I'm around ovulation. My energy increases. The type of like workout I want to do is different. When I wake up, I feel more energized. My creative energy is more so. So I'm like, oh, I'm just like in the zone kind of. And I'm much more interested. Yes. All of those things. Yes. Yeah, it's there's even some people out there who are like so big on honing in on where you're at in your cycle in order to just maximize what your body is already trying to do that I have started paying attention to when I'm ovulating because I absolutely have the increase in energy and creativity and I feel so good. And so those are the weeks when you're just like, I'm getting stuff done and I am just shining like a little sunny shiny. <laughs> That's me. And then you kind of can accept the fact that if that is true at that point in your cycle, it's not always true at each point in your cycle. And there are other needs, other points to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Which is just, it's just the rhythm of, it's the rhythm of life. So ladies, knowing when you ovulate is important to kind of looking harder at your, your potentially irregular cycle. Let's define it. What is an irregular cycle? So if, well, I think that like just painting a general picture is what you kind of mentioned before, understanding that you may have a very consistent cycle that is irregular, right? And so understanding that even though you have some consistent things happening does not necessarily make it regular. So an eight-day fluctuation from cycle to cycle would be one sign, right? I have a 20-day cycle one month, a 28-day one, a 30. Or missing cycles or less than nine cycles in a full year, meaning your cycles are very long. So if you are somebody who has a pretty normally consistent cycle and then you have one weird cycle, Usually that's not much of a concern because almost always you can go back and be like, oh, that was that was that month where I was eating differently or doing something different or there's a lot of stress or something. Usually there's something to be able to do. Yeah. So it would be there's a pattern here. If you ha if you're actually going to be diagnosed with your regular cycles, there's a pattern. A lot of our clients will email us and say, I have never, ever, ever had cycle longer than 29 days and now I'm 30 days and I took three pregnancy tests and they're all negative and what should I do? I'm like, you're just gonna you're gonna have to wait. And you're probably gonna get your period tomorrow. Your period tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so that is always what happens. Okay, well then something's really wrong with me. So what should I do? Let let's just see what happens next cycle. And then maybe the one after that before, right? Because we're all allowed to have a wacky a wacky month here and there. The reason that cycles become irregular is because ovulation is delayed. So that is the longest part of your cycle. That is the, the from from your period starting until mid-cycle ovulation. That is the fluctuating part. Once you've ovulated, you're going to start your period in two weeks. So the length really is in that beginning luteal phase. 
And it's because estrogen levels cannot get high enough to release an egg. And there can be, you know, a handful of reasons for that, including people who are breastfeeding, like that often can mess around with some things. But we see things in certain medications or issues with your thyroid or issues in your gut, like that can just cause so much, so many problems, any type of chronic infection, PCOS, things like that. It can mess around with what is going on with your, that ovulatory stage. Yeah. And a lot of women that we end up counseling on for all kinds of things related to wacky period stuff will want us to help get their hormones balanced and their cycles regular while they are still on hormonal birth control. And why is that just actually impossible? Well, it's yeah, it's like a, it's a fallacy to be able to believe that you can actually balance your hormones while you're still on a hormonal contraceptive as your body is being fed. This idea has a certain type of hormone coming in or not coming in and the rest of your body the way it needs to when that is thing. yeah exactly. it's like it's faking your body out into basically believing that it's already or like can't get right and so in order to actually solve issue i know a lot of women don't like to hear this but in order to actually balance your hormones and cause and find like the root cause of some of these things you take it off the hormonal birth you potentially have gone on hormonal birth control because you're trying to solve some thing that feels co- too complicated to tackle. And so birth control feels like, well, let's try that. Maybe that will give me a, a more normal life. But it's just a Band-Aid. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. A Band-Aid can be really nice in certain situations and for a certain season, right? But there's plenty of times where either it makes it worse or it just prolongs the actual struggle that's happening underneath it's not a long-term solution it is not yeah okay so recognizing irregular cycles getting kind of an idea of why they happen being able to track ovulation and agreeing that that is what is ruling the cycle and the most important piece of it not necessarily menstruation puzzling all these things together women who are listening to this right now and they're like crap that's me yeah my cycles every month i can't actually predict them because they're coming week three week seven right yeah and they probably feel like a crazy person sometimes or they're struggling to get pregnant or struggling with other symptoms of hormone imbalance and there's hope for piecing this together there's absolutely hope for using this this tracking piece as a vital sign. Yeah, absolutely. And so, of course, there's always going to be the option. A lot of, I feel like a lot of people maybe jump to this first because they're like, oh, some tangible answer of some kind would be helpful. But there's always the option for lab testing, some blood work being done. Things checking out for thyroid or PCOS, there's a ton of really in-depth panels that you can get done. It's not always necessarily the first jump I make in my mind of like, we need to test all of these things. Unless somebody's like, well, I'm here in person and you lab draws and let's just do it now. But if you are the person at home who's like, I don't have a person to go to right this second to get some of that lab work done. There are some really straightforward things to be doing at home solo as you kind of sort through some of these things. And you are not going to be surprised if you listen to this 
podcast of what our suggestions are. Yeah, we'll just let we'll just get, provide a moment of silence while you think about what we might say. So think about what our first suggestion might be. It comes down to blood sugar. Stabilizing blood sugar is probably one of the most straightforward, really heavy hitting things that you can do at home. And so focusing more on low glycemic food looking at the type of carbohydrates that you're ingesting, the amount of sugar you're ingesting, alcohol, any processed food, things like that, and assessing what am I taking in and how is that actually fueling my body? How is that actually impacting what's going on with my blood sugar? That will be probably one of the bigger game changers for a lot of women. Absolutely. And then, you know, Kelly's... So you said my number one. I know. That's why I took it. (laughs) Kelly's number one, of course, is seed cycling. I love a good seed cycle. It, I am shocked how often people write us and say, it sounded a little silly, but it seemed easy enough to try. And that is literally the only thing I did. And XYZ is back on track. I, it still sounds like seems kind of magical to me, but it just goes to show you when you connect with your cycle and you you know, support your body at where it's at in that cycle, what can happen? That's why I love it so much is like it really connects you with where you're at and trying to encourage your body to do what it's already do. And that's exciting. It is to me. Around Lee's part. Lee's part, that's real exciting. Also looking at gut health, mm. not neglecting gut health. There's so much hormone production and regulation that happens inside of the gut. And so if you are having some of these symptoms and you also are struggling with a couple of gut things or that has been just an orange flag in your life, it might be worth bringing front and center as well as some vaginal steaming. Also love a good vaginal steam. Can't say that we haven't mentioned it here before. We've had we've had multiple episodes on it. People are going to get tired of our suggestions. They're going to be like, say something else. I want to do something else. I don't want to sleep with socks on, ladies. Yeah, first of all, how dare you (laughs) suggest socks so many times? I will say there's a great episode that we did back in the old days of the podcast where we were vaginal steaming together. On the show. Not videoed. No. No. We took a picture. We did. We were fully covered. Absolutely. I don't regret it. No, it was great. It was one of the most bonding times of our lives. It was. So if you have a friend out there that you're just looking for a way to connect with, maybe you don't know them that well yet, and you're just trying to find something to do that's going to really bring you together, suggest vaginal steaming. Or better yet, just invite them over for a hangout time. Don't tell them what you have planned. And then when they arrive, give them the lowdown on how you plan to spend time together. That. That. I think it's probably the best friendship advice I've heard you give before. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's right up there with our kids' boxing coach. I'm telling them. We we say that we we quote this multiple times a week in our home. If you if there's a bully around, you punch them. And then they'll have so much respect for you standing up for yourself. They will want to be your friend. And they'll stop bullying you. Yes. Punch the bullies and vaginal steam with strangers. <laughs> it's just, 
It's right up there. You decide. You decide which which one of the, those. You can't pick both. No. There's only enough mental energy for picking Absolutely. one of those philosophies. I'd like to hear what you choose. Uh, there's some other things like reducing stress. That magical concept of reducing stress. And modulating your mood. I mm-hmm. think that sometimes women neglect the fact that too much exercise can be just as bad as not enough. Yeah, absolutely. And the type of exercise that's right for you and when and also how it impacts blood sugar, all of the things, being able to like really hone in on that. It's worth it to assess how that's affecting you. Eating fat is another way to help your hormones regulate if you're experiencing irregular cycles. Good healthy fats like avocado, nuts, butter, coconut, those kinds of things. Fat is a huge part of how hormones utilize our diet to transport those signals from one system to another. And so if you have a fat deficient diet, you're essentially like starving the transit system for your hormones. I love that. Oh, I put it, I, we're having a real hard time keeping butter stocked in our home right now. We're here too. My husband's like, how do we go through so much? And then my daughter's taking like, like a whole square out and just, yeah, I am. That's why it is. It's probably on my top three, like health food, health foods in my family. Like, if we had to, ha- if we had to eat three foods only that everyone would actually eat, mm-hmm. butter is going to be up there. My son was putting butter on his toast and then put avocado on top of it, and I was like, "Yeah, just go for it, buddy." Heck yes, <laughs> so much. It's so good. Yep. And then, of course. Not neglecting just the fierce tackling of endocrine disruptors. Yeah, looking at what you're putting on your body, what you're putting in your body, what you're putting around your body, cleaning solutions you're using in your home, those things can absolutely impact what's going on in your hormonal system. They can confuse your hormones into thinking, there's too many, there's already enough, there's not enough of something, and everybody's trying to modulate with that. And so kicking those to the curb can make really big impact. If you're listening to this and you feel confused about the menstrual cycle, nobody's ever explained to you the phases of it, jump into show notes or back to episode 10. It was one of the very first episodes we did where we explained in detail what goes on in average women's cycle so that you can kind of I mean, nobody explained that to me. Maybe I took a health class on it. But I did not care. No, I was just trying to pass a test. Heck yes. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. We also did an episode, episode 39, on how to track your cycle. And okay. so we go into depth on that. So there's a lot of resources in the show notes for you guys who are like, okay, I need to equip myself to kind of take a hold on this a little bit more. We have got it for you. Being able to track your cycle, though, there's multiple ways in order to do it. You can do it on old-fashioned paper. You can get an app loaded onto your phone. You can get the assistance of a fertility coach to kind of help you. Yeah, don't sleep on that option, too, if, like, you're kind of confused and you're wanting to, like, really get down to this, especially for people who are wanting to use it as family planning, too. Do not sleep on the option of a fertility coach. It is so helpful to have somebody else's trained eyes on your information, whether it's or paper charting, whatever. Yeah, and it is especially helpful for women who want to 
not get pregnant in between pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So we get the question a lot. How do I avoid pregnancy when I'm breastfeeding and I don't get my cycle back? And this is how you do it. You have a really good understanding of what your cycle is doing before pregnancy. You have all the tools on board, including a coach that can help you track in your postpartum time. And you actually can, with great efficacy, avoid pregnancy and track fertility even when you're breastfeeding and you don't have your period. Boom. That's a mic drop uh, situation. Right the, there. the things that you want to track in your cycle are the leak. So the amount of days from your period starting one month to your period starting the next month. You also want to track the symptoms of ovulation that we talked about. But here is a really great opportunity to add in so many extras like any cramping that you get, food cravings, acne, digestion issues, your energy, mood, sleep headaches maybe you get headaches at the same time every single month and you haven't really paid attention that it's on the same day of your cycle every and that is giving you a piece of information of like oh let me try to figure out what does that mean if i get a headache on the third day of my period every single month right your emotions all of these things are worthy to be putting down in some form that you can look back on and see if there's any patterns here I just have to say, we had a client who came in, and I remember specifically when she was like, day 17, that's coming up. And she was like, I know, my husband knows, he knows he will talk to me or use me that day. Like, she had really honed in this and was like, I know that this is the day that I have a lot of trouble. And so she was trying to sort out how to, you know, support herself to not have that situation happen. But she communicated so well with her husband and even like with her parents to help with the kids and stuff because she was just I'm not okay that day and I was like how beautiful it is like I'm sorry that that's so hard for you but also it's really an amazing thing to be so connected with your cycle and how that impacts the rest of your life and the people in your life yeah instead of me where I'm like starting my period and then I'm like that's why I was unhinged three days ago helpful helpful to be three days after you're not right. Yep. Yeah. It is not. So ladies, in typical Kelly and Tiffany fashion, we are leaving you with a resource. It is a cycle tracking download. If you're a paper and pen kind of girl, which I go back and forth on, I love having so much accessible on my phone, but there's something about simplifying with paper that just makes me feel like this is a special thing in its own special place i can i can monitor and track these items without getting distracted with the other things that are on my phone so we made a paper cycle tracker for you guys and it is so much more than just tracking the days and keeping track of your period but also your hormones your mood any physical changes whether you're trying to get pregnant or avoid pregnancy or get to the bottom of your regular periods it's just good for general women's health to start tracking. So that is my PSA for everybody listening today is give yourself a couple of months of tracking your cycle. You, may, you will be amazed at what you discover about what's happening in your body. Absolutely. It is a worthy, worthy endeavor to jump into. And in particular, I have always tracked mine on an app, but I printed out this download for this month because I was doing some other stuff with my health and I was just interested and it's been so helpful for me to actually see the month 
in total and watch all of the different pieces come together. It's given me a lot of things to think about and shift and all that good stuff. So also my piece, go download it. Right. Kelly and I agree. Odd thing. (laughs) You guys will find that link in the show notes, of course. And don't forget to join us on Instagram this week because we're going to be unpacking this topic even more. And that's a great place to engage where you guys can send us DMs. We like to do polls and question boxes and all kinds of fun things like that as we unpack this topic more in our social media. And until then, we'll see you next week. Yeah, we sure will.